everyone, Rebecca here. I just wanted to let you all know that the official Patreon page for How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident is now live. We're offering things like early access to episodes, video recordings of episodes, bonus content, and more. So head on over to patreon.com slash howthefuck to subscribe. Thanks for listening. Welcome to How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? My name is Rebecca, and this is the podcast where I interview my friends and peers to figure out, well, how the fuck they got to be so confident. In this episode, I chat with photographer and stylist Brogan Jessup. We talk about embracing imperfection, learning from hardships, taking risks, and so much more. This is How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? with guest Brogan Jessup. Hey, Brogan. Hi. Hi. How's it going? We're doing this again because we had technical difficulties in the first <laughs> 30 seconds of the last time we did this. How have you been since the last time I asked you, how have you been? You know what? I'm I'm just as good. I'm just as good. Mm. How are you doing? You know, I'm great. I feel we had a little glitch and we recovered and I feel uh, more confident after after that. <laughs> Imagine that. All right, let's do this. Okay, so do you consider yourself a confident person? Starting starting with the hardest question. I know. <laughs> um, I, like I said, I, I think I've been doing a dance with confidence my whole life. And it's, it, the confident girl I was as a child is so different than my confidence now. And I think there are seasons of confidence that I've been going through my whole life. I think right now I'm in the best season of my confidence because it, it's no longer um, what my friend Lindsay Jones uh, refers to as ego confidence and soul confidence. I think when you're young, you're in an ego confidence. And the older you get and the more self-love you have, you find yourself into being more of a soul confident individual. So I'm working on it, you know? So... How have you, it sounds like self-love is something that you have to cultivate in order to be a more confident person. And that's what I was hearing from what you said. How do you cultivate self-love? Oh man. Um, you know, I think it, for me, it's been a lot of giving to others and not focusing so much on like my looks, like as a teenager, you know, it's like, okay, well, how, how good looking am I? How, like, what do I have to offer? And now it's like the more love I give, the more confident I feel about the person I am and loving myself. Um, I know that sounds really woo woo. No, uh, it doesn't at all. <laughs> I, as you were saying that, I was thinking, have you taken the Enneagram quiz before? Or did I mention this to you at some point and tell you to take it? Uh, you know, I have taken that. I don't remember my numbers. I'll have to get back to you on that. I bet you're too. Why? What you think I went too? Yeah. <laughs> as you were saying, as you were talking, I was just like, that sounds like something how a two would respond, but I could be totally wrong. Um, anyway, I digress. So you find that giving more of your time and energy to your community, to your friends, to your loved ones, lifting them up in turn makes you love yourself more. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, um, one, you have to love yourself, right? And and that's hard. Like, how do you cultivate self-love is your original question. I, and I do think that's hard. I think it it gets harder as you get older, right? When you're so young, you, like, love it. You just love yourself. You're fearless. And then as you get older, confidence is a lot harder to hold on to if you're not 
progressing and you're not becoming a better person. Um, and I think that, yeah, like one surrounding yourself with other confident people, people who really truly, um, accept their authentic selves. Like if, if you're not okay with yourself, you're not going to exude confidence and you can fake it till you make it. And I, I definitely have been through those seasons of confidence where you have to fake it till you make it. I truly believe in that. I believe that in business and I absolutely believe in that in confidence. I think when it's diminishing, like hold on to that as much as you can and look yourself in the mirror, look at yourself in the mirror and say, what do I not, not what I don't like, but like, what do I like? And try to do that every day. And then remind yourself like what you're doing for your community, who you are surrounding yourself with. And I think that builds confidence in adults. As I, a, yeah, go ahead. Keep going. Well, I was just going to say like, as a kid, when you're fearless, if you're a fearless kid, like you're getting, you just have no fear, right? I think adults look at you as being super confident, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, wow, she's really confident. She has no fear about like approaching adult conversations or, or being on her own or in whatever. And I think confidence is perceived from being fearless as a kid. Mm -hmm. Were you a fearless kid? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, constantly hurt, constantly trying to contribute to adult conversations that I probably had no business contributing to. So like a um, bit of an but yeah, soul, was, maybe? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think that's important because I was talking to you talking to uh, a dude I think it, I don't remember who it was I think it might have been Casey but he was talking about how like as a kid he looked older like he was the tallest kid in class he was just a big bigger kid so adults taught adults talk to him more like an another adult and that that gave him confidence just being talked to like an adult so it sounds oh, yeah. like you kind of experienced something similar where you like kind of chimed into adult conversations is that right yeah, I would say it was a lot of that. I also, so a tidbit is I moved every two years of my life. My dad was military, so okay. we constantly moved every two years. And being in like middle school and high school and moving every two years, I found myself at a new high school in a small town uh, my freshman year. And if I didn't have confidence to approach people and, and just know, like, I'm not for everybody. Like, no, no, <laughs> you could be the most confident person in the world, but not, no one's guaranteed to like you, totally. you know? Um, but I think having that confidence and being able to approach people that you're interested in and, and even if you're faking it to you make it, you know, fake the confidence and go in and introduce yourself and, I think that leads to confidence. Yeah. So having to move every two years, that kind of forced you to have confidence because if you didn't, you weren't going to have any friends. Is that, was that right? That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the nutshell. Yeah. That, that's it. Yeah. So you would say like being pushed out of your, would you say that was being pushed out of your comfort zone having to move every two years? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was not fearless at that point. I was full of fear at that point. Um, so I think, yeah, being a kid, I was fearless and that was, everyone just assumed I was confident. Mm -hmm. And then when I was, you know, from middle school to let's say high school, college, uh, because I moved so much, I had to fake the confidence to pretty much 
make friends. Like at the end of the day, it was like, I either sat alone at lunch or I went and sat next to somebody I didn't know at lunch and be like, Hey, I'm broken. Can I, can I sit with you? I have no friends like me. Yeah. Uh, and I think, yeah, that, I think that built up more confidence because it's like, if you don't ask for permission, right. Or if you, I'm sorry, if don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. And that's always been my philosophy. And I think that goes hand in hand with confidence. Yeah. Do you feel like you met like a bunch of different personalities uh, having to move every two years? And do you feel like that contributed at all to your confidence? Like having to, because I just feel like someone who goes, who stays at the same school and has the same set of friends, like maybe it's like the jocks or whatever. They're only going to interact with. With sports jo- yeah. yeah, but it sounds like you moved <laughs> moving every moving every two years, you might have interacted with a bunch of different personality types. Oh yeah. And yeah. Does, does that different. contribute to confidence? Because now I'm assuming you kind of know how to talk to different people. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Um, and I think the more you can put yourself out there and, and talk with different types of people, the better off you are for gaining more confidence. Um, you know, even if it's just like tidbits, you may not be able to uphold a conversation for very long if, let's say, you know, you're you're a jock trying to talk to a, an artist or whatever, but you do have little uh, tidbits to enter into a conversation and, and open those doors and, um, yeah. you know, exude that confidence. Do, yeah. do you remember a time in your and growing up so we can say whatever from being a kid like maybe through college that really tested your confidence like a, a like a low point and if so how did you overcome that <laughs> okay I have a good one or maybe it's um, in adulthood Wh- whatever whatever you want yeah it, it definitely was more on you know in adulthood um so what happened was I ended up with this crazy facial rash and my doctor, I went and saw my primary care doctor and I'm talking like Rebecca, I was like oozing from the face, like nose down, just crazy facial rash. I was not leaving the house. So get this. My primary care doctor told me that it was facial herpes. (laughs) Okay. But wait, wait, it wasn't, it wasn't, but so for three months, I'm like doing alkaline diets. I'm, I'm trying everything and it is not going away. And I'm just like, oh my God, like I have to live with this. I have to join support groups. Like I have no looks at all. I completely relying on my personality. Like I was, I wasn't even seeing my friends. How old were you at um, this time? I was, um, I want to say I was like 25. Okay. Yeah. So it, it was real. it was crazy because you know, I, I'm not the best looking person ever, right? But when you absolutely don't have anything to work with and you've got, you know, sores on your face, you change as a person, right? So I went through this for three months, joined all these support groups with girls who like actually live with it on a day-to-day basis. Finally went to um, get a second opinion and it ended up being just a dermatitis from um, a facial product. It was like a, you know, like a foundation or something. So I put a cream on, uh, a hydrocortisone cream from the dermatologist. It went away, I kid you not, and with 24 hours. But it was such a confidence test because when you think you, <laughs> you have to live with something like that for the rest of your life, you know, like I was on the highest dose of antivirals, like it wasn't working. And so that stripped my confidence um, 
my ego confidence, the girl that relies on, you know, putting on mascara and like the, the face confidence. Right. Um, and so I would say that was super trying. That was super trying. Yeah. So before you, you got the hydrocortisone cream, how did you get confidence knowing that or you know being under <laughs> I had the, ooze being under out the, of my face. Yeah, being under the assumption that like this might be the new normal. Yeah. Um support it came groups from it sounds being, like. Right. So a lot of, a lot of it was like knowing that there's other people out there like me at that time, right? But then also it was I felt a lot of confidence from just taking care of my body. Like I would get up and I would do yoga every day. I was doing an alkaline diet. So I was super healthy at the time. I mean, I couldn't have been healthier, honestly. It's so working out yoga, do so much self-care, so much self-love. And at that point, you know, three months in, I was like, you know what, David, like this might be it. Like I might look like this for the rest of my life. So I have to figure out how I'm happy. And it was, it was so difficult, but yeah, I think self self-care and self-love so exercise exercise and diet um what you're putting in your body are things that contribute to your confidence hell yeah yeah what about yeah. like a routine like do you have a routine, routine. okay yes. okay there we go <laughs> <laughs> yes okay that's that was my next thing too so being you know working from home mm-hmm. and being my own boss routine is so difficult to find And it actually hasn't been until quarantine that I've found myself in a routine. And that has given me so much confidence. Um, Before, you know, I would wake up and immediately go check my email on my phone. And then it would stress me out and then I wouldn't go eat. And I I would miss yoga and all these things. And now that I'm having a routine where I'm like, okay, I'm going to be up at 830. Like I'm going to um, wake up and the first thing I'm going to do is go make myself a juice. And then I'll check my emails and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I think routine has helped me so much in my life right now for confidence. Are you um, gonna? Is this something you you think you're gonna continue after quarantine having this routine? I hope so. <laughs> How did you um, implement it? You were just like, I'm gonna. You just were like, I'm gonna do this thing, or like, did something happen where you were like, man, I have got to get a routine going? Well, I think it was. COVID and then my husband working from home because there's a certain level of accountability, right? Like he works a nine to five and oh, you normally know, he I, doesn't work from home. He normally doesn't work from home. So him being home has really led me to being like, okay, I need to also get up at eight 30 and not work until 10 30. Like I need to have nine to five. I need to make sure I'm feeding myself and I'm making even 20 minutes of time for exercise. So yeah, I mean, that's the great thing about what I've learned from COVID, I guess, is just self-care yeah that's huge and also like this is such a confronting time because we're alone with our thoughts you know like we are (laughs) yeah like things that I didn't even think were that big of a deal or that impacted me that much I'm discovering I'm like oh that I actually care about this thing and I just didn't really realize it because I was so busy doing other things so it's been like, th- that's kind of the most eye-opening thing that I've experienced during this time. Um, yeah, it's super eye-opening when you're not rushing around from one thing to another and being a busybody, but also, you know, listening to yourself and being like, okay, what do I need? Oh, I'm hungry. Like, have I eaten lunch? No, <laughs> I haven't. Totally. So you were an art major, is that right? 
Yeah, well, so I studied fine art for a while at CalArts in Valencia in, um, in Florida at Ringling College of Art and Design. And then um, I was going to school with a bunch of trust fund babies and I was on grants. So I was like the poor kid, you know. Um, and so eventually I was like, why am I studying fine art at these like bougie fine art schools? And I ended up switching majors and transferring into just um, a regular college for advertising. Oh, so cool. my background is in fine art, but I majored in advertising slash art directing. Did your, uh, and I don't know, do you have siblings or like what family dynamic did you grow up with? I'm not sure. Yeah. So, um, I have an older sister and both my parents, my parents are married. Um, not super close. I moved out when I was 15. So, oh, okay. Not. Yeah. Tell me, can we, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I might need to pour another margarita. That uh, hey, we can take a little pause. You can go pour a little Marky Mark, and we can come right back if we need to do it. No, 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 you're fine. Um, yeah. So growing up, my sister was definitely like the angel child of of you know the two of us, and my parents were very very close to her, and I was you know the fearless, overly confident. Are you younger? I'm younger. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. What about you? I'm younger and I'm like yeah. that. I'm, my sister's yeah. the golden child and I'm the, yeah. the rebel. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, that also added, you know, to my level of confidence. I moved out when I was 15 and they were like, good luck. You're not going to be able to do it. And like, boy, I, I did it. Um, you know, everyone has different stories, I guess, in my family about it, but um, they, I just wasn't ready to move again is what it was. Mm. Is like, I, I was, I was set, I was actually teaching photography at a small art studio in town. And when you were 15, I moved in, I was 15, I was like 15 and a half. I was a sophomore. So I may have been pushing 16 actually. Wow. That's still like uh, very, that's such an old soul move. You're like I'm 15, 16 teaching photography. Yeah. Like, bye. Yeah. I, well, I, I was ready to work. I was ready to get out. I was ready to just, my parents definitely weren't unreasonable. It just, we had different views on life in general. So I was ready to just experience the life that I wanted. And, um, now I think my parents are super proud of me and they realize that all the arguments that we had when I was younger, it, it all worked out for the best, honestly. So you were like, I don't want to move again. I want to pursue art. I want to do this thing. I want to stay here. And they were like, okay, do you get an apartment? Like, well, how does that even look? Do they keep the house and you stay at the house? Or how does that look? Oh, I, I wish. That would have been great. Like, <laughs> mom, can you, can you put me up? No, I moved, I moved into a room. So I just rented a room from this family that uh, was in town. And I worked. I went, I hardly went to high school. I I graduated and I was honors. Like I was great. I just didn't ever go to school because I wanted to work and I wanted to do other things. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how that looked. They moved to Hawaii and I stayed back in California and that's, kept all my friends. And that's so interesting because that takes, that takes such courage and bravery to be like peace family. Um, and like, obviously you're staying in the same surroundings. So that's helpful in making you feel more stable, but like, that's still such a big move. I can't imagine me doing that at 16 I probably would have been arrested I mean I I would have been arrested um, I mean I'm not saying I made the best choice <laughs> there was definitely some choices looking back on it I was like mm, but I survived and I was you know better off for it but even like you know you have to 
you have to wake up at a certain time. You have to go do the go get groceries. You have to do your own laundry. You have to do all these adult things at a younger age that I feel like would give more confidence to a person. Yeah, I, I definitely think it did. I, I do. I think that was another huge milestone and a change of confidence from that, you know, that ego confidence to really finding out like who I was and being confident in that person. Yeah. Just like having independence. Yeah. Having independence. Yeah. That's huge. So, okay. So then, so you went to college, you were like, y'all suck. Y'all are bougie. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go and do advertising. And then at some point you decided that you wanted to do, be a photographer full-time as a career and you uh, specialize in weddings, right? Right. And how was that, how was that process? Like deciding like, this is what I'm going to do. And now you do event styling too. Like, how does that, how did that occur? How did that happen? Yes. So I was second shooting for a while and became a total asset to several different companies like Hawaii and Napa because my parents were living in Hawaii. So when I wasn't in school, I'd go up there in the summers and hang out with um, and work as a second shooter. And eventually I was like, okay, it's sophomore year of college. Like I need to start making money somehow. Um, and I need more of it. And so part of me was like, okay, well, let's just like start your own business. Like, let's just see what I'll go into. I, I always said I'd go in an ad firm as like an art director. Um, but yeah, I opened up my business, started shooting a few weddings and it just kind of like took off. Like I still am like, wait, how did I get here? Um, it took a lot of work. Right. But, um, a lot of, you know, I think going, building my business over the, like I've been in business six years and building it for the first, like, I, I don't know, four was the lowest confidence I had actually. Oh, wow. And I, but I think a lot of that is because I was also working with models because I was working for ad firms. So like I was working with a lot of models and there was always like this level of the Instagram level, you know, of like perfection. Right. And even though my business was doing really good, I was still trying to figure out like, okay, like where, where do I belong in this wedding world? Cause I'm not this like foo-foo wedding like been planning my wedding my whole life type of girl like I attract clients like you like I don't attract clients that are like oh I want like you know green everywhere and like like, you know like I'm not that yeah I'm just (laughs) yes I'm not a basic wedding photographer um but yeah I think there was a lot of (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know I lost a lot of confidence though because I was trying to figure out like do I belong in this industry like Mm. It, like, is this photo enough? Like, is this enough? Am I doing this right? Um, and I feel like just recently, like, I'm finding that confidence again. Like, I'm finding that. What do you attribute it to from being like, is this enough to like, oh, I'm, I'm great? Um, I think I got to a point where I started standing out as a business because I wasn't doing all the things like I never caved. I never caved. I never was like, oh, I'm going to be like hipster and grungy photographer or, oh, I'm going to be like, you know, the Jose Villa and like the bright, airy, like feminine. I just like did my own thing and like 
created my own path. And I think that I started getting recognized from other planners and other industry people who are like, oh, like, wow, your work's different. It's kind of right in the middle of what, it's a nice balance, it is a balance. you know? Yep. That's exactly what, yeah. that's what draw, drew me to you is being like, you know, I, <laughs> it was like, well, I'm not cookie cutter, so I don't want this. And like, this is stylized to the point that I'm not sure it's going to hold up over time. Is there a middle person? And my planner introduced me to you and I was like, we were talking to her, but I was like, this is exactly it. Um, yeah that makes me so happy (laughs) and I think a lot of it too is like people want to see who you are like if you're a wedding photographer people want to see like who you are and I'm not I'm nervous to put myself out there like I I'm not overly professional with my clients and I'm not you know a total fool right I'm again I'm a balance where I'm putting myself on social media but I'm being myself I'm posting like you know, I'll post a curse word. I'm not going to be like, oh, this day was like, la, la, la. Like, I'm real. And I think a lot of people are attracted to confident people who are okay with their authentic selves and who don't try to, like, make everything into this, like, cookie-cutter sentence Mm -hmm. that isn't realistic. Mm -hmm. Have you ever experienced or in the past – were you a perfectionist? Or was that – is that not ever – has that not ever been something that resonates with you? I think it depends on who you ask. <laughs> Cause my husband would be like, dude, she's so type A, but I'm not type A. I'm not. Like I'm very like no, I'm not a word document person. I think stylistically, I'm I'm a perfectionist. So like if I'm having a group of friends over, I'm like, okay, this vase needs to turn a little bit this way and we're gonna get like red flowers to put in here. So I think in certain ways I'm a perfectionist, but then there's other things that I'm just like Woo, let's just like hang out and have a good time. Yeah, and I think there's a difference between like be and this is just me, this is what I think. I think there's a difference between being a perfectionist and being type A. I think you can be a perfectionist and still be a creative per like like some people think perfectionism means like, oh, I like to put things in lists and I like numbers and I like order, but I think you I think there's space to be a perfectionist and also be creative. Um and like be then I'm probably that. I'm probably that then. Yeah, yeah I'm probably that. <laughs> did you, uh, when you started your own business, that is a huge endeavor that most people, maybe not most, I think most people won't do. You know, most people want the secure paycheck. They want a nine to five where they can, they know where they're going every day. They know the salary they're making every year. And to start your own business is a huge taking on and is a huge leap. Um, how did that impact your, or how did you get the confidence to be like, you know what, I don't want to do it this way. I want to start my own business from being like a second shooter or from working, you know, at these advertising companies to be like, I, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be my own boss. I think I just like, don't take no for an answer. And like, when I get something in my head, I'm just like, yeah, let's do it. Let's see what happens. Like I, I totally faked it till I made it mm-hmm. though. Seriously. Um, I did not know what I was doing when I started, but I was getting clients like, so was I, (laughs) I mean, don't tell the IRS, like, was I perfect? Yeah. Like setting up, you know, a business certificate and all that shit in the beginning. Absolutely not. Um, but I just faked it till I made it Mm -hmm. seriously. And like each year it's like, okay, oh, I need to take care of this or, oh, I need to do that. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't like this perfect um, build of a business at first because I was so young. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was so young. And so I just kind of fell into it, to be honest with you. And 
I would say in the first year I was extremely confident because I was like, wow, like, look at this. I'm making income like enough to support a roof over my head in San Diego downtown. Like it was great. Um, it was just until I started questioning my role, you know, as a wedding photographer, that like third, fourth year that I think really took a toll on me. So at first it was great. Yeah. So, <laughs> so much confidence. So it's like when you are authentically you, you feel the most confident. When you're trying to be something that you think maybe the masses want or maybe your industry wants, even if you are getting business by doing that, you still don't feel confident because you're not doing it your way. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, pretty much. I And not everyone's going to like my authentic self. And I've come to terms with that. Yeah, that's huge though. That's really hard to accept that like, this is who I am and not everyone's going to like it. Yeah, and I think most confident people who are a little bit older or just adults or that have reached that soul confidence that Lindsay Jones talks about understand that. And I think that's huge. And I think there's a time in your 20s where you might still be confident and it's it's different from that fearless confidence as a child, right? I think there's like three stages of confidence, right? There's that like fearlessness child that everyone just assumes is confident because they aren't afraid. And then there's like, you know, high middle school to high school to early college years where you're like, oh no, 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 I'm still, I'm still confident. I'm still confident. But you have all this doubt about what people think, and then you start questioning who you are. And then I think you get into soul confidence, and that's where you're really like, okay, fuck what everybody thinks. The, I'm not, I've tried to be the best person I can be. Um, but there's certain things that people still aren't going to love about me. Like I'm bold. I'm honest. Like don't ask my opinion if you don't want to hear it mm-hmm. because I'll give it to you, mm-hmm. you know, and that boldness is something that I think scares a lot of people away or makes them feel like, Ooh, I would never hang out with Brogan or mm-hmm. I don't like her. Mm-hmm. But then there's so many other people who are my tribe that are like, yeah, dude, like she's cool. Like that's why I trust her because she's honest and bold and is confident in her decisions. And when I ask for her opinion, she gives them honestly. Um, so you just got to find your tribe, right? Because you can be a confident person and let people bring you down and second guess who you are. So it sounds like in the beginning of your business, you kind of went into it. I don't want to say in a naive way, but like you did. No, yeah. Naive. You you didn't wait for, for the stars to align. I feel like some people, before they jump into something, they're like, well, I have to have this done. I have to have this. I have to have this document. I have to do it this way. And do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, and totally. That doesn't and sound I'm like just you not that person. No, no yeah. not at all. It sounds yeah. like, because sometimes that perfect moment is, ne- is it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I mean, most of the time, you're, it, the stars aren't going to align. So you just need to jump right in and do the thing you want to do and figure it out as you go, as opposed you to- You have to. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to figure it out as you go. I truly believe that. Do you, have you ever experienced like in your professional life, whether it be a wedding or, or some other event that you were photographing? Oh my God. <laughs> have you had photographing? <laughs> no, I just haven't had enough coffee. Um, uh, that was challenging, whether it be like the client was challenging or just like the venue or the event or the weather or just like a challenge as a photographer that you experienced and it, like, how did you overcome it? Yeah. There's this client named Rebecca. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's a 
real um, bitch and thinks she knows I, style and shit. Let me tell you, she doesn't. I'm just kidding. I love you. Um, has there been a difficult circumstance or client? I mean, I'm dealing with a, a lot right now with COVID. Yeah. Because there has, like I said, most people have been absolutely wonderful, but there's been two clients that we just couldn't align and they just, they really couldn't understand my policies and other vendors' policies. And it was very difficult to navigate these conversations that really need um, lawyer jargon um, yeah. to feel and to feel confident speaking about these things about where it's like, like contract stuff, right? About contract stuff. Yeah. Because like I'm an artist, right. And I've learned a lot as a business owner, but at the end of the day, I have to outsource that shit. I can't, I'm not good at being like, well, like your contract says this and blah, blah, right. blah. I mean, like, I relate to that as an actor being like, well, I'm an artist. That's why I have managers and agents to, to hold all that shit down because I, I'm a great businesswoman, but I only know to a certain extent. I can't be a special. I can't specialize in this. I can't be a manager, an agent, an artist, a publicist. Mm-hmm. I can't do it all. So how do you outsource? Out- how do you? I know. How do you outsource? <laughs> you have like a lawyer that you talk to about this type of thing. Yeah. So I had to hire an attorney just to you know figure things out because at the end of the day, like I want to be fair to my clients. Yeah. I want. I want to make sure everyone's taken care of during this time. It's such a weird time. And that's, that's the other thing. It's like, you know, the PP loans and the, and the government, everyone's like putting out these original policies and then they're like, Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. We need to change this. We need to like, and that's kind of in the process is like, we don't know what's considered industry standard or correct. So we're all scrambling to find these solutions and, and to make it fair for everybody. Um, you know, all, all these wedding vendors are just small business owners. They have families to feed. They have mouths, like they have mouths to feed. And it's not as much as we want it to be all about the bride and and our couples and their families. Like we also have to think about ourselves and sustaining our business. And so that's been honestly the, this last few weeks has been the most difficult and challenging time I would say in, in my career. And you hired an attorney for this time, like you didn't have an attorney prior to COVID? Um, yeah, no, I had hired him for a few other things like contracts and stuff like that and just getting like general um, information about stuff. But this is like the first time I had to hire him and be like, yo, can you write me like this legal um, liability clause? Like, can you help me? And so, uh, yeah, it was weird to, you know, hire to lawyer up and yeah, it, it was, it's weird. That, Rebecca. Is such a, that is such a weird <laughs> feeling. Um, especially yeah. as an artist, I feel like we get into this career because we don't want to have to do the jargony, lawyery, businessy type of thing. Do you feel like after having to do all this, after having to get an attorney and have these difficult conversations, do you feel more confident as a businesswoman Oh, hell yeah. Um, I think a lot of it, and it doesn't, it, it doesn't make me always feel great because a lot of this confidence comes from the fact that like, oh, well, thank God my contract's so good, you know, but, but there, there is a lot of confidence that comes from it because you're learning to just put your foot down where you have to and, and stand up for yourself and stand up for your businesses. Um, and, yeah, I think there's confidence that comes from that, from just being like, no, I can't help. I can't do that. Like, I love you, but I can't do that. And I have to say no. Yeah. And just like, <laughs> <laughs> and just from like, um, 
God, now I lost my train of thought. Uh, from, like, having... Because I, I can't imagine being you and having these conversations because I know how kind and sweet, also a badass, but, like, how kind and sweet you are and how that must affect how you feel. I mean, I know that you're such a sense... I mean, you're a sensitive, wonderful person. And so, but but knowing that at the end of the day you're going to be a more confident woman at the end of this. I think I'm going to be a more confident business owner at the end of this, for sure. I think in my personal life, um, there's definitely some hurdles to, to jump. And I, and speaking on a lot of my, I would say like, I'm very business minded and a lot of my other friends who are wedding photographers are having a way more difficult time saying no. Oh, really? Uh, and I'm trying to like not only get my attorney chatting with them and being like, no, you can't do this to yourself because your business won't be existent after this. If you just give, 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 there's meeting your client in the middle because there's a, a world pandemic. And then there's bending over backwards and putting your business in jeopardy, trying to help every single client. And I think that most reasonable clients understand like we just have to meet in the middle on these things so we can't be overly giving and I think that does hurt me as like a woman as an individual like I want to give my clients everything but I just can't I was gonna say is that hard for you to have to draw that line hell yeah that's extremely difficult for me right now yeah I, I think that's I I don't think it's affected my confidence but it's definitely affected just how I feel as a woman because you know women we want to just give 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 yeah. and yeah absolutely yeah. um how are you uh, I guess like how are you gonna at the end of at the end of this are you gonna I mean I don't want to like put things on you but like do you think therapy would help with this or like <laughs> like I'm just trying to think I of love like therapy. ways do you, do you do therapy? I love therapy. Um, I need to get into personal therapy. David and I got into therapy this year just because we wanted to like check in on a relationship. Oh, chat about um, that. And, That's so interesting. Yeah. Me. I go to therapy every yeah, week too. Do you? Yeah. Therapy is super good. I, I know that I need to sign up for my own self and, and I, that's been something I've been saying for years and years and years, but um, David and I did get into couples therapy this year. Um, and a lot of my friends are like, Oh my God, like why? Like, blah. but it, it really had nothing to do with like, we were about to like call it quits or anything like that. It was more just like, Hey, let's get aligned because I'm gone so much out of the year. Like I'm gone so much traveling for destination weddings and I come home and then I'm like, ah, I'm like busy and I'm trying to run a business. And there's a lot of, you know, things that go into, I guess, manifesting a really healthy relationship. And we, yeah. And so we, he was super awesome. He was so down to go to couples therapy and just like align better. Yeah. And we learned to communicate. Like I always thought I was a really good communicator, but I guess I, because, and this is my ego, right? My ego confidence is that I, yes, I communicate a lot, but do I ever truly narrow it down to like, okay, this is what I'm hurt about. Like I have a hard time being vulnerable and being confident. Oh, okay. Um, and so I think the therapy really helped us in a way that I am communicating still, but I'm 
opening up more about what's actually upsetting me. Um, and it's been really great. We love our therapist. <laughs> <laughs> that balance you, you spoke, I mean, that's so perfect. The balance between being vulnerable and being confident is such, is so hard for, for me, I guess I can only speak for myself. I feel like it's a pendulum and I'm either like really confident and I'm like, if someone gives me an opinion, I'm like, fuck your opinion. Like I'm going to do it my way <laughs> or I'm the exact opposite where I'm just like, oh, you want me to do it this way? Okay, I'll do it this way. Like all people please, you know, and like finding that balance is so important and difficult. Yeah, I think being vulnerable, sensitive and all of that is almost on the other side of the spectrum of, of being confident, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, that's been hard because how can you be super sensitive and vulnerable, but then also be confident in your own decisions? It's so and hard. It is. And, and that's where that boldness comes in that I told you, like people are either going to like me or not like me because I am bold. And I'm like, you're worrying about this. Like, stop worrying about this. This is my opinion because you asked like, but I, I don't, it's not that I can't see the other side of it. Cause I totally do. And I, I always walk around a full 360 full circle, um, of a scenario before I speak on it, but not everyone's going to like the confident opinion that I draw from it. And I think the sensitive vulnerable person is uh, too scared to speak their own opinion. So they often like collect all the data and all the information on a scenario. And then they look at all sides without fully making their own opinion about it. And I, I think that's good too. I think there's just two different people in the world. Um, and the balance between being com overly com egotistically confident and being vulnerable and sensitive is where you like soul confidence meets that Lindsay Jones, which you really need to interview her about confidence. Um, I know. She's, I'm write that down. she's the guru. <laughs> but I think that's where you find soul confidence, where you can see the vulnerability and the sensitivity of situations, but then you can also draw from your own opinions and be confident in, in your own opinions. Yeah. Damn, that was mouthful. <laughs> Did you get that? I got it. I got it. I got it. Uh, so for your, this is more like practical day-to-day -day advice, but like other than having a routine, do you do anything, you know, it doesn't have to be every day, but like things that help you with confidence, whether it's like meditating or do you have like a mantra or is there like a book you like to read or being with your dog or just like things that people can do in their day-to-day -day lives that, that, ha that has worked for you that gives you confidence? Um, I... I think routine, going back to routine is like the number one. Also, just like not giving a fuck is the other one. Just not caring about, I, I know that sounds terrible because I wish I could be like, oh, like sit in front of like some sage and like burn it and meditate. But honestly, it's just like, I just don't give a fuck about other people's opinions. There's so much shit out there in the world about just really good content and, and people's opinions and you're constantly scrolling and getting weary of your own thoughts. I think it's just hold on to it. Everyone has a speck of confidence. You just have to hold on to it. And I and I think also just not being tough on yourself. Look yourself in the mirror and instead of being like, I hate my hair today, be like, I like my nose today. Yeah. Or I like my eyelashes today. Yeah, instead of saying and, something you don't like, say something you do like. Yeah, and I, I think just giving up on trying to be perfect is also pretty important when it comes yeah. to looks because 
at the end of the day, I honestly feel like people enjoy me more when I'm not completely dolled up and, and trying to be like perfect. And, and even though when that's kind of when I, I am most confident when I have mascara on, right. And that I have some foundation on and my hair is curled and fluffed, but what is the point of being so confident if in, in egotistic, ego, ego confident, if it doesn't really make you a better person in other people's eyes. Right. So, so again, I think there's like that balance of just making sure you love your authentic self, making sure you feel good and, and just also not giving a fuck. I don't know. I don't know. Have you ever like posted something and then you were like, whether it was feedback you got, maybe it was feedback that you got that wasn't positive and you were like, oh, like second guessing yourself or has anything like that ever happened to you with your art? Um, no, but I, when I was working with fashion bloggers, which I will never do again, I don't support the the fashion blogger industry. You were photographing them? Yeah. So I was working with a few fashion bloggers and, um, that was something I saw often where they would like post a photo and be like, can you go like it? Can you comment on it? Can nobody's interacting with it? Like I'm freaking out. Um, to me, that's just blah. Like that's so boring to me. And no, like when I post something, I'm like, this is what I like right now. Like this is going out into the world and like, it is what it is. So like whether something gets like 10 likes, a hundred likes, a thousand likes, that doesn't, that doesn't influence you at all. No, I think I'll take it into consideration when I post again, like, okay, nobody likes feet pictures or, you know what I mean? Like, nobody likes this selfie of me and my dog. But you don't take um, it personally, it sounds like. Um, no, I don't really take it personally, I no. think that's the key, is, like, using, is, like, taking that information that other people, people are giving you and either using it to influence your future decisions but not at the same time, not taking it as like a personal offense to you. It's, you know what I mean? I think that's what you have to do. Well, yeah, I think there, yeah, exactly. And I think there's like part of, you know, playing the algorithm and and making sure your feed looks good on Instagram or whatever. But I also think if, you know, if somebody posted something that was like, made me turn my head or like be like, hmm, it would just kind of put them in my memory more so. And I'd be like, well, I'm going to go back and like, see what else weird shit are they doing? I think that's interesting. Imperfection is so interesting. Okay. Brogan's list for confidence. Oh boy. Self-love, love others, surround yourself with confident people, fake it till you make it. Put being pushed out of your comfort zone. Don't ask for permission. Ask for forgiveness exercise, Mm -hmm. staying healthy, have a routine, independence, don't cave, be you, take risks, persevere, understand that not everyone's going to like you and that's okay, learn learn from hardships, go to therapy, go easy on yourself, and embrace imperfection. Oh my gosh, wow. We solved it. (laughs) That's great. That's exactly what it is. That's 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 a good list right there. That is a good list. Yeah, I definitely don't cave. Just be, I think just being yourself and holding on to that confidence. If you have it as a kid, hold on to it. See it through all its seasons. But, you know, if you don't have it, what What if you don't have it as a kid? Did you get any insight on from other people about that? Oh, I didn't have it as a kid. You didn't? Confidence? 
Yeah. I think I did in the beginning. And then a lot of people talk about how they had it as like, you know, an elementary school kid. And then when they got to middle school, they completely lost it because middle school kids are assholes. Um, They're evil. They're the the absolute (laughs) worst. Um, And so then it's been, this is like, you know, the average of the people that I've talked to. But then since then, it's been a journey on re-finding it. Um, but I would say the most common thing that I see here is probably therapy. I think every single person I've interviewed. That's great. Has said therapy. Yeah. Which has been really great. And then also, um, like being thrown into the deep end and figuring it out has been like a common, common theme. And then also just allowing yourself to fail and, and realizing that like, you're still, you're still here. Even when you fail, you're still here. You made it through like what could be worse than that gives people a lot of confidence um and then you just like go back to therapy yeah. and it's like all good again yeah <laughs> yeah and also a lot of people talk about how it's in cycles you know how one day they're confident the next they're not and just accepting that you're not going to feel confident 100 percent confident 100 percent of the time no. and that that's okay yeah and I think that's why it was interesting when you're like I want to interview you about confidence and I was like have I been exuding that like I don't I don't know like am I confident and then it made me think like oh, okay, interesting, you know, like, maybe I am confident to other people, but maybe right now I don't feel confident. Totally. And then, and then you go to therapy. Yeah, and then you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember who that person is, it's me. Oh, yeah, I like, I like myself, yeah. myself isn't bad. I like yeah, myself. absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for giving me your time and letting me interview you. Um, it's been an Great. absolute treat. Yay, thank you so much for having me, this is fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And you can also head over to patreon.com slash howthefuck for bonus episodes, video content, and more. Thanks again.